Greetings, friends. Future Andrew here, dropping into these past episodes to tell you thanks. Thanks for checking out RTAF. If you're valuing the show as a wellspring of inspiration and artistic fuel and would like to help keep the show going, you can find out more about how to do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Every little bit adds up and keeps me inspired to bring you quality content on a consistent basis. Thanks for listening, and stay creative. Welcome to another episode of RTAF. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here, everyone. I'm here. Anna's here. Anna Charney is here. Anna is here. Muralist extraordinaire, doling out amazing advice, lots of technical things, lots of life philosophy. What else did we talk about? Just kind of how to progress from mm. trying to doing. Not being scared to ask for help. Yeah, exactly. Apprenticeships. Yeah. yeah. And really, if you want to make a mural, listen to this. It'll get you fired up. A lot of good nuts and bolts, just mm-hmm. how to do the damn thing. I think yeah. this is one that I will listen to again. I'm glad. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just here trying to be a part of what you all have going on. And thank you for your inspiration and trying to inspire some other people, like hopefully to do a painting or go do something in the public and be a part of what's going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we just jump right into it? Yeah. Let's just blast off right here. Ready, set, go. Three, two, one. Yeah, welcome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Are we are we recording now? Yeah. Okay. We're live. Yeah, I don't really know how you move into it. There's not like the fancy jazz music when I'm actually sitting here on the couch. Right. We'll pipe that in later. Okay. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited. We've been wanting to have you probably since close to day one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to be here. Yeah. I've listened to all of your podcasts and thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We love it. Yeah. So, I mean... You're killing it with the mural game. Thank you. Let's just jump into it. Okay, let's jump right in. I mean, how did you get started doing murals? Doing murals, I started more recently as far as just my whole lifespan and career in practicing art goes. Yeah. My first mural was in September of 2016. Okay. So I'm like three and a half years in. um, And that was the first time I picked up a spray can as well. So I was a little bit late on that spray can game. Um. And that mural changed my life. It's like primarily what I do now and Mm -hmm. what most of my art is known for. So Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. I saw a picture on your Instagram of, it was like the 2009, 2019 Mm -hmm. difference. And the 2009 one, it wasn't like some, you know, stick figure or whatever. It was like a really well rendered graphite portrait of someone from a weird angle too. Yeah. So did you go to art school or? Yeah, yeah, so I guess we could start like from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I've kind of practiced arts education a large majority of my life. Mm-hmm. I've never really had a question as to 
what I want to do as a career, um, at least since like second grade when I became <laughs> practical about what you really can be when you grow up. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, like mermaid or astronaut or something. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I started really focusing on being an artist as a career, like middle school. Nice. I um, went to, for middle school and high school, I went to Denver School of the Arts, which is a public arts magnet school nice. in the Denver public school system, which is a kind of confusing description. Yeah. Because um, it's a public school, but you still need to audition for it. Yeah. We had one of those where I grew up too. Yeah. It's called SCAPA. Um, there's yeah. very few in the country. Yeah. So I went there from sixth grade until 12th grade. And I majored in visual arts, therefore starting when I was 11. Wow, nice. I think Damn. is what you are in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, so a majority of my life. And I really think that starting in a school like that and really with a focus, like heavy in drawing and painting and building skills and techniques mm -hmm. was super important to where I am today. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Denver School of the Arts Normally, people don't talk about like their middle school and their high school as being super important to the rest of their lives, mm -hmm. but that's a school that changes lives. And nice. if you like have an opportunity to delve into something like that when you're that young in the space and encouragement yeah. that it's okay to be an artist of any sort, mm -hmm. that's super, super, super important to like showing you what's possible as a person and like allowing you to explore that before you're sent into the adult world mm -hmm. and given all these open questions as to what you can do and what you want to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah Cause rad. most young people being an artist is not an, not option, an option that they even know yeah. about. Yeah. Right. Um, or, or people tell you that like, Oh, you'll never make a career out of it, but your, your paintings are really cute. And, you know, yeah. Like that's the most encouragement. So starting from sixth grade, I had Shoot. at least an hour and a half a day um, set on learning like composition, art elements, techniques, building a portfolio, like moving into high school, having the much more advanced version of people who study AP art mm -hmm. um, and who even know what they're going to do when they're 16, 17 and continuing that and like having it enforced that you can go to art school. And I didn't even look at any schools that weren't like specific small art schools. Nice. Um, it just, it was set out for me that this is what I was going to do. And I guess I'm lucky that it's worked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're born with it. Yeah. <laughs> so how did like, as you went through school, like how did you start pursuing being a professional artist? Yeah. So then it, I guess slowly evolved. I guess I'll talk about, hmm. I know I started pursuing being a professional artist. My first really big opportunity was right before I went into college mm -hmm. is when I started like selling my art as mm -hmm. an individual. Nice. Um, I had a booth at the Cherry Creek Arts Festival. Oh, wow. Which is in the middle of Denver. It's been happening. I think this will be its 30th year. And I'm the youngest person to ever have participated in it. <laughs> and so I sold work in that the summer before I went to college. So that was nice too, right before I went to college to... I don't know, I guess have validated experience yeah, that I could yeah. sell work mm -hmm. and be an artist and present myself as so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I went to school. I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, which is the school associated with the museum there. An absolutely like beautiful collection. I was very lucky to go to school there. 
Um, and I studied with a focus in drawing and painting. And then I dabbled in printmaking for a little bit too. Right on. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Sorry. Nice. So, so take us up to, um, what, what happened in between then and when you did your first mural? Okay. So after art school in Chicago, I came home to Denver. I'm from here. Mm -hmm. And I came home just kind of after school, after graduating, like that whole period where you're figuring out life. Mm -hmm. I had the plan to stay at home for a few months and, you know, repack my things. Um, And then I was going to move to Asia and teach English like for a super long time. Mm -hmm. That was my plan. I've always really prioritized travel in my life after art. Mm-hmm. Um, and like foreign cultural experiences has always been super important to me and also travel for extensive amounts of time. Never thought I would live in Denver as an adult. Uh, <laughs> and so I was in Denver with the point of being home for like six months. Mm-hmm. I was in the middle of working on my teaching English as a foreign language certificate and like getting a visa to go to Thailand. And then as the best things in life happen, Um, very serendipitously, I got the opportunity for my first mural. And how that one happened is someone had actually mentioned to me at the Cherry Creek Arts Festival that we have this thing in Denver called Colorado Crush. Mm -hmm. And since I'd been out of Denver for four years, I hadn't like really heard of it. Mm -hmm. I was out of Denver from 2011 until 2016, which I think are like really important years for the change of Denver into what it is today as Mm -hmm. like a more bustling metropolitan city. Yeah, totally. Um, I moved here in 2012. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, Like when I was younger, when I guess Crush was first started about as I was graduating high school, Mm -hmm. but like Rhino wasn't necessarily a place that you like hung out and or five points where like my studio is now yeah was like considered a much more it wasn't like a walk around neighborhood right sketchy yeah yeah rhino for everyone outside of denver is river north art district it's like the very trendy gentrified district we have now Mm -hmm. with all the murals in it and that's also where crush happens yeah and so crush is a mural festival that we have out here in denver and someone told me about it at the uh, arts festival and was like hey you know, I see you starting to work larger and larger on Canvas. Like, here's this thing we have in Denver. Like, if you're still in town, you should check it out. Yeah. Um, and so then after hearing about that, I emailed the founder of Crush. And I was like, okay, hey, like, I'm interested in your festival. Like, someone told me about it. I've never painted a mural before. Like, I don't honestly know that much about street art and aerosol. But, like, I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are looking for volunteers or need an extra hand and help, like, I'm here for you. Nice. And that's really the best advice that I've ever gotten in my life and would like to share with anyone. Yeah. Is that if there's something that you're interested in, like, the most important thing that you can do is offer your help. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because normally, especially in our industry, like all of us as artists and as freelancers, like we need help. What we do is very hard and usually we're really extended on our bandwidth. Yeah. And if anyone offers it, most people are going to say yes. And even if it's an artist who's like 
work is quite different than yours, you'll learn a lot, like whether it be a new medium or a new way of installation. If it's like a gallery, you could learn about what it takes to throw events or even just hang paintings the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you just never know what experiences you can learn from just sitting behind someone else and like doing some of their tasks for a few days or weeks. Exactly. Yes. So I emailed the founder of Crush, Robin Monroe, uh, to see if I could volunteer at the festival that year. Shouts. Yeah, this is, I have, he's shouts. definitely one of the biggest shouts, and I'll get to that further in the story that I have. <laughs> nice. Um, hey, Dred. And so I emailed him, and Crush is a lot bigger now than it was back in 2016. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit more casual then. And he was like, hey, you know, thank you. Like, we definitely need a volunteer. But also, I checked out your website, and like, if you want a wall, we can hook you up with a wall. Um, which was amazing and i will be forever grateful for that chance that he took with me that year because i i was pretty honest about the fact that i had no idea what i was doing right and he would definitely went out on a leg in trust in like my portfolio and my image as an artist to Mm -hmm. assume that i would do something good for their festival and for like the face of rhino art district mm-hmm. uh, being in the right place at the right time exactly it's competitive now it's like, yeah it's yeah. super competitive now there's a an application that's out and there's a mm. lot of people that apply for a limited amount of spots um so things were all just kind of like lining up at that moment mm-hmm. and so 2016 i volunteered for crush um so i had the first opportunity to kind of watch mural artists do their thing Mm -hmm. which is a whole world that i i knew nothing about it at that point like my schooling and experience in chicago was very like capital f fine art world Mm -hmm. very institutionalized museum art Mm -hmm. um which is quite different from most of what i do today in the street art world right and so i had the first opportunity to work with all these artists like getting them their paint orders and like learning what it is to buff out walls and seeing how this whole process kind of works. Mm-hmm. And then I did my first mural that week. Hell yeah. And that experience, it took me about, I don't know, seven days to do the mural. Mm-hmm. And there was no question in my mind, it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Nice. Like, yeah. And I think that I'm... When we all look back at our lives, like, I'm sure that we've all had experiences. Like, we've had a lot of best nights of our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Crush 2016, my first mural ever, like, far surpassed any, like, community or just, like, life high that I've ever had. Sure. Um, It's like this pivotal point of, like, this is my shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know when you just, like, have this overwhelming feeling and Mm -hmm. you're like, this is it yeah this is it for me this is what i need Mm -hmm. and so that was me on spray paint for the first time in my life (laughs) how was how was that like just learning how to use cans oh so overwhelming yeah (laughs) and murals are really this really weird experience when you're first doing them i know john you're doing your first right now and it's indoors Mm -hmm. but my first mural ever was outdoors yeah and not only was it outdoors but it was during like a large public event yeah (laughs) you're just trying to figure out spray cans in front of people yeah yeah so murals are really weird because when you're working outside and in public like you can't 
really mess it up. Yeah. Like yeah. not only are you working like on the face of a business, you're not just <laughs> in your studio with a little canvas. Right. But like people are watching you paint. So right. even if you're not feeling confident, you have to act like it. Yeah. It's, cool it's the ultimate yeah. form of live painting, I think. It's like th- yeah. really throwing yourself into the fire and being like, all right, what do I have? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was pretty overwhelming. And before it, I guess in the weeks leading up to it, I went and bought a few cans and messed around in my backyard mm-hmm. and tried to figure out like what all the different kinds of cans were. And right. I didn't even know before that, that like spray paint caps are not just what you buy with the can. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's like pretty basic spray paint when I look at it now. But I don't think a lot of people out there realize that like we change brushes as canvas artists, like you change the caps that are on your spray paint. Yeah. I hardly and- knew that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know shit about spray paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can talk spray paint here oh, for yeah. a while. And um, like the kinds of caps will change like how much paint comes out and how much pressure comes out and like how far it feeds away from the can. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things I had to kind of just like figure out mess around with by yeah. myself before yeah. my first mural. So did you sketch out your first mural? Did you have a oh, pretty yeah. solid idea? Yeah, I had gonna... a very solid idea of nice. what I was going to do. And so then after that experience, after I had the whole just like life, I don't know, destiny feeling of this is it, I reached out to Robin, who his art and like street name is Dread. Mm -hmm. Um, Afterwards, it's just a thank you. Just being like, hey, like, thank you so much for going out on a limb for me. Yeah. I was like, this is this is what I learned from this experience, and this is how I felt. And if you ever need anything else, yeah, like please call me. I yeah, want to yeah. learn more. Like I just even if I can come watch you paint, mm-hmm. like this is what I'm interested in. Nice. And at this point, I was still planning on going to Thailand. Like I had a few months maybe where I just wanted to watch someone use cans. Right. And he reached out back to me and just sent me an email. He was like, hey. Thank you for your help. I'm actually looking for an apprentice right now. Oh, like, do you nice. want to meet up and grab coffee? Nice. And it's just so wild now when I look back at it and I think of, like, one of the biggest life-changing events that's ever happened to me. And we were just, like, sitting on beanbags, like, talking over coffee totally casually. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, stay in Denver, follow me around, and I'll teach you what you need to know. <laughs> And this is someone who was pretty much a stranger to me at the point. And just everything that I felt led me in the direction where I was like, this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of looked at my options for opportunity of where I was at that point. Mm -hmm. And I, Thailand's not going anywhere. Yeah. And whereas this opportunity to learn from an artist who was like leagues above me, Mm -hmm. um, like that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. And even if you have plans, I think that you've had a plan for years, mm-hmm. if there's something else that faces you yeah. that's going to go away, mm-hmm. roll with it. Yeah. You need to grab yeah. that opportunity. Yeah. And it may be uncomfortable and you may have to kind of like <clears throat> restretch what you thought mm-hmm. your life would look like. Right. But you can always go back. Exactly. Totally. Like that's. And it's like, I mean, you're the hero in your own movie, right? And like when the mentor lends their hand and they're like let me show you the ways it's like Mm -hmm. you can't pass that shit by right yeah and so then i quickly looked at it and i think i even had this conversation with robin at the time where he was like if you want to go to thailand like (laughs) 
eventually you'll just be able to paint a wall there. Right. Just yeah. like stick around and put your time in for a little bit. Yeah. Become a killer and you can go anywhere. Yeah. So that's pretty much like what I'm still looking at now is like, if I want to go to Thailand, I can just go paint a mural there. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a lot better than just like moving there after college. Cause I don't exactly know what I want to do yet. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then I followed it as an apprentice for about a year and a half. That's well, awesome. what did you learn during that? time period um maybe talk about how to um like the process of making a mural and how to procure a wall and what's a good way to uh to to talk to businesses and corporate expectations all these things like that okay that's (laughs) a really big question there's a lot (laughs) to unpack there i know but uh, yeah um so as an apprentice like what i mainly learned at first when i started it was like real basic stuff. Okay. So in a lot of those things, those are all like very small details about being a mural artist or being an artist. That's not like obvious as to right. how we do it. So we'll get into that. But like some of the main things I learned when I started is like how to properly prepare a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of shortcuts as to like certain tools that you can use to like connect your tape to your paper and tape off the like ceilings above your wall Mm -hmm. in an easier way and save you hours in the Mm -hmm. long run Mm -hmm. um how to properly buff a wall there's a way to do it yeah how um (laughs) i mean it's just like making sure that you move in like super long motions and not like just your arm's length you gotta get the full extender yeah 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 Yeah, what do you use to buff a wall just exterior house paint right yeah just exterior house paint yeah okay yeah Yeah. um so there's kind of some like simple stuff like that using the different spray paint and caps i never really understood beyond the caps there's low pressure and high pressure spray paint right Mm. so that's also going to affect the way that the paint comes out of the can Mm. um and hugely affect the way that you use your can right so right now in my life because i learned with it Mm-hmm. I still would prefer to use low pressure spray paint. Yeah. Um, especially due to the way that my art looks. It's very like highly detailed and dense. Mm-hmm. So low pressure works a lot easier for me mm-hmm. um, because I'm doing so many small things and small outlines like parallel to each other. Whereas yeah. high pressure is a lot better if you're working really fast and filling big shapes at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't have learned any of that unless I spent hundreds of hours just watching someone else paint from Mm -hmm. a few feet away Mm -hmm. um or things like how to use a lift properly (laughs) um tell us how do you operate one i mean it's pretty simple it's like up and down and back and forwards but (laughs) but there's just like simple things about like how to climb a ladder. There's actually a better way to climb a ladder, but like nobody tells you that what? unless you're up. I, I need to know about this because I, I was climbing ladders in Miami and it hurt the okay, shit out of my feet. Yeah, it's scary. It, I wasn't like too scared, but my that night my feet just were just torn up because I was like standing probably wrong, but uh-huh. with my arches like directly over the bar yeah. of what I was standing on. And so like all my weight was like, got to put your balls on there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you got to get footballs. shoes with like hard soles. Okay. will make a really big difference because then your feet aren't curving over the ledge of yeah. the ladder versus just like sitting flat. Get some, okay. Like, vans um, or something. Yeah, exactly. Like vans work very well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But also, just like, I guess, a side note, if you're falling on a ladder, <laughs> um, which is how a lot of artists actually get hurt. Um, like, people don't talk about this, but street art is extremely dangerous. You, did you, you fell, right? Um, no, I didn't or fall. I got hurt. You didn't hurt. fall. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't from the fall. It's just from overworking myself. Gotcha. And... We can get into that uh, later. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, but a lot of street artists like get hurt, and most ladder falls are from like five feet above the ground. They're not these thirty foot ladders. Yeah, yeah. It's just you being overconfident. Um, okay. But so, just as a side note, like if you're ever falling on a ladder, you don't want to jump off of it. You actually want to ride the ladder all the way down, because most ladder falls are from when the ladder falls on top of you. Ooh. So here's just hot tips. Um, <laughs> It's good to remember. I mean, like, even if you're not making street art, that's a good thing to know. Yeah, even if you're just repairing your home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, be careful doing simple things. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> so those are just, like, a few technique things that mm-hmm. I learned from Dread, um, along with just other parts of technique, like spray paint took a really long time to learn mm-hmm. because... It's nothing like painting. No, not Um, at all. (laughs) Like when you're painting, your paint is on your brush, which you're using to apply for your surface. Whereas when you're spray painting, you have the physical difference between your application tool and what you're painting. Right. And so just physically, those things are so different in how Mm -hmm. it comes out. Like the way that you should kind of layer or build a composition Mm -hmm. is different than what you would do with painting. So what's the difference there uh, specifically in terms of layering? With spray paint, because you're spraying it, and especially if you're doing like large shadows or sweeping gradients, which is primarily what I do, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to work background to foreground. Whereas with painting, that's still kind of easier, but you don't have to. Right. Like you can easily like tape something off even and put something behind it in a minimal amount of time. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also with spray paint, like it's a lot easier if you work top to bottom Hmm. because if you have something finished on the bottom and you're working above it and you drip on it, that's really hard to fix. Mm -hmm. Um, so just kind of things like that, like how to build a mural is very different than building a canvas painting. Yeah. That's that top to bottom thing is really good to know. Mm -hmm. I I did the opposite of that. Yeah. Because what if you're like on a lift or on a ladder? yeah. And you just like spill a cup of paint, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I've done. Yeah. I've spilled like half a gallon of paint on a mural before. Before <laughs> I understood the topic. <laughs> yeah. uh, so kind of simple technique things like that. And then while I was in my apprenticeship, also a lot of it was just driving around with dread and going to these meetings with like clients or with the city mm-hmm. and understanding how deals on murals are made. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would not have understood if right. I just kind of walked right into it. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, how does that go? Um, <laughs> it's it's very like vi- understanding a site visit, I guess, and how to quote a mural properly mm-hmm. or speak with someone about how to get a commission in their space mm-hmm. um, was something that like I only got to understand from watching a different artist do it. Okay. okay. Um, along with like how to price a mural. So, so do you have anything you can impart to us about how yeah, to speak to with how someone, to, how to say it? Yeah. How to explain this. Let's see. One 
I mean, just going into a space and understanding kind of what your pricing range is. Mm -hmm. So then you can kind of spit something out to someone while you're in the space that sounds official. Mm -hmm. Um, And like do math, like be able to look at a wall and do math on how long it'll take you, like what you need to ask the person about the space Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of what your quote is for it. Okay. Like, Like what if this was a brew pub and you were like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do a mural on that wall andrew like, yeah how would you go about it you'd be like or, or even just yeah <laughs> the whole maybe just this wall if you take that painting away it's like yeah i mean so i talked to you about the square footage of the wall uh-huh. you know probably what the space is used for um like what your favorite color i mean my work's a little bit different because it's abstract so commissions for me are a lot looser than what I imagine a lot of mural artists go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because I don't illustrate things. So even though they're commissions, they're still pretty much whatever I want to do. But so I'd have a conversation with you about the square footage, like what you imagine for the space, what your favorite color schemes are, like what the design of the whole environment is, is what I really keep in heart when I do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then just logistically, like how long I need the space for, like what I need to ask of you for the space mm-hmm. to actually do it. Um, and then just being able to follow up professionally with a contract and like scheduling and timing for things. Nice. What kind of time range do you work within for murals? Like you do one day jobs to like how long? That just depends uh. on the design and like how long is size? Like how long did it take you to do? the longest mural that, that it took you. Like. Okay. So I still, so I'm like three and a half years into my mural career, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I'll be 10 years in by the time I properly figure out how to estimate time and like spray paint needs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm getting better at it. Um, so the longest project it ever took me was like 45 days on site, which is a long time. Damn. Um, but that was, was a it project. limited hours or something like huh? that? Was it limited hours that you could work or? No, it was just a project that was inside like the entire first floor of a whole apartment building. Oh, wow. So it went like through, it went over their mailboxes. <laughs> it went like onto each individual door, like Ooh. through all the different hallways onto the floors and onto the ceiling. <laughs> And I'd never Ew. done anything as intense as that before. Yeah. So I just didn't understand how much time it would add to the project to wrap around a door frame versus just do a flat surface. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ranges. Like I've also done jobs that take two days, including yeah. setup and teardown. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, learning installation <laughs> times was a really big thing. Right on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy how you are crushing it and you're only, you started in 2016, so you're like not even four years into it, you know? Yeah. yeah and it's like, you're going to get your shit dialed over the course of, cause it, it's like you've put in your 10,000 hours into art, but now like mm-hmm. in specifically in the tangent of murals, it's yeah. like just throughout experience, I guess you just have to come across different weird situations where you're like okay, I know how to go from like the floor through this and like this thing's going to be a bitch over here. And that's one thing that I've thought about a lot is like taking on murals is a totally different craft than painting. Mm -hmm. One thing I've been really self-conscious of since leaving college, I think especially because I went to this super intense art school, is that I don't feel as if conceptually, I guess, or aesthetically, my art has changed 
all that much over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Whereas I see a lot of my peers from college and their arts change like extensively. Like they've mm-hmm. had time to do a lot of research and mm-hmm. kind of adding on ideas to what their art is. Mm-hmm. And then I think back on it and like it took me, I'm three and a half years into murals right now. And I think it really took me like two years, two and a half years to really be confident in this whole new painting method. Yeah. Um, so now I'm finally at the point where I feel like I can take my murals and really change my imagery too with them nice. and add on a lot more to what I'm thinking and really start building back on concept again. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious, like, um, do your abstract flows that you are painting, do they have a meaning or, or is it kind of just aesthetic expression? Yeah, kind of. So like the concept that started me with the abstract flows that I have. Mm -hmm. um, So I paint, I guess my work can be characterized by a lot of like spiraling and dot patterns. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone once when I was painting outdoors, they described my work as digital taffy. And I've kind of (laughs) taken that and run with it for a while because I think it it works really well with what I do. Mm -hmm. And so I do a lot of these spiraling patterns with this dot pattern um and the kind of dots that i use for that pattern it's called a half tone pattern mm-hmm. and so i started using that quite a few years ago when i was still in school and i was doing a lot of screen printing at the time mm-hmm. um and when you're doing screen printing when you're i guess preparing your screen mm-hmm. um and working on photoshop with your image you need to change your image into a halftone dot pattern at like a very, very, very micro scale. So Um, maybe explain to me and everyone else who may be wondering what a halftone dot pattern is. Yeah. So when you change, (laughs) when you change your image into this halftone dot pattern and you can't like the normal eye can't see it, Mm -hmm. but before everything was digital printing, everything was printed on a micro scale with mm-hmm. a halftone dot pattern. Okay. So any like newspaper image you saw up until a few decades ago always had this oh, pattern. Like, uh, like comic book style? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So gotcha, what's gotcha, super gotcha. cool about halftone is it's like the most commonly used illusion mm-hmm. in the world, but nobody notices it because right. it's so, so small mm-hmm. that you can't see the illusion happening. Okay. But like essentially up until digital printing, any image that you saw on paper if you like microscoped into it, it would be made out of these like thousands and thousands of layered dots because the printer didn't have the ability to just print a gradient. It would have to print it as separate little. Okay. So it's like like stippling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Um, so I became familiar with halftone when I was doing screen printing and Mm -hmm. preparing all my screens. And I'd always been super interested in illusion. Mm -hmm. I think it's magical. Yeah. And just kind of patterns in general. And as I was doing screen printing and becoming familiar with this pattern, I was like, wait, this is really beautiful just by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started kind of blowing up the halftone pattern. And at first I was just doing like thousands of screen prints of a blown up halftone and like cutting them and collaging them into different works on paper. Um, but using the halftone pattern. And then I started kind of making the pattern itself even bigger because I kind of liked the idea of taking this thing that's usually made to constitute the illusion of an image, but making it the image itself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where like the idea for my compositions came from. 
And so I've still kind of been running with that for a while. Um, and my art interest is still very much in environmental aesthetics, I guess, and like the feeling of looking at it. Mm-hmm. But I still really like this idea of illusion. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what really interests me in most of my installations and canvas paintings. Cool. Nice. Well, so, they look sweet. <laughs> I like dots. <laughs> so do you use uh, stencils for your dots? And how? what's the best way to make a stencil if you do? Um, I guess it changes depending on what I'm doing. Okay. Um, because I still do works on canvas. And I do kind of like my own for, form of one-off stenciling mm-hmm. when I do works on canvas. And I used to use a lot of stenciling when I did my murals. Mm-hmm. Now that I've gotten better with spray paint, right. um, I don't really use stencils to make the illusion of a gradient anymore because now I can just like paint a nice gradient. Okay. Uh, but sometimes I'll still use them because it's nice to have that difference in visual texture. Um, but for my paintings, I use like a combination of stencils that I had made with a laser cutter many years back. Um, and then also these one-off stencils that I'll make with tape. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I want to, I want to get back to how to like procure a mural and that okay. whole process. Um, cause it's kind of a, a blind spot for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it'll be, uh, something that the listeners will appreciate too. Yeah. And I know you guys personally in both of your art careers have just got into doing murals. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So of course I want to know too, but, um, I kind of want to drill down more into exactly how do you approach someone? Do you just, do you just come up to them and say, Hey, business owner, Mm -hmm. check it out. (laughs) And you like show them your portfolio. And then, um, what comes after that? If it's Mm -hmm. like a, a more corporate business, say there's a whole foods up the street from me. Say if I wanted to go Mm -hmm. spray paint their building, yeah. What's the best strategy or tactic to go yeah. about doing that? Um, so getting into murals, this is one of the things on the list that I really wanted to talk about. Because uh, it's not really easy. It's not right. like because of the public nature of it. and It's not like painting where you can just do it right. and mm-hmm. hope that it works out. Right. Um, when you start doing murals, you have to have a place to do the mural. Right. Um, so it's really, really hard at first to build a portfolio if you don't have this past portfolio of work to prove to people that you can paint something nice for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess there's a few different ways that you can get into doing murals and large work. I was able to kind of build my portfolio through my apprenticeship. Um, That was really nice because it gave me the experience where I could then go to people and be like, these are the murals that I've helped on mm-hmm. and you know, I have this experience painting and it kind of gave me a certain amount of clout in the community sure. to be able to work with an artist that was so far above me. Um, but I guess for people out there who want to build a portfolio doing murals, um, if you want to first get into large work, like my biggest thing that I could recommend is build a wall in your backyard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's the only way you're going to get a chance to make a portfolio is if you can just rotate your own wall. And that's as easy as just going to Home Depot and getting some panels and putting it up on your fence. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, with murals, like be prepared to do some work for free or for cheap Mm -hmm. when you first start out. Yeah. Um, And that's what it would be is going to businesses and being like, hey, 
this is the idea that I have for you. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm interested in your business. And like, this is what I can deliver for you. Nice. Um, the first few murals that I did, I was very lucky that I was able to do murals with just like some people that I knew from high school who had music studios that they wanted painted. Oh, dope. So I guess just reach out to people, I guess, that are also at your level, like mm. your kind of parallels. Sure. Is would be a good way to kind of get into it and, you know, do some form of trade with them perhaps or search for like, search for those people that are willing to take a risk. And, yeah, yeah. you know, people like you guys, you have art experience and you have art portfolios. So mm, right. it's a lot easier for you to be like, hey, I'm just yeah. trying to go bigger, but with this same thing. Right. Um, and then from there, once you have most applications that you apply for as a muralist, they'll ask for maybe four or five examples. So that's really the base that you need to start a good portfolio and then apply to more things. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the nice thing with murals is once you do start painting the murals, uh, painting a mural is essentially like painting a large billboard for yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. If it's right. outdoors, somebody's going to see that shit, make it dope as fuck. And they'll be like, yeah. Whoa, who did that? Yeah. Someone's mm-hmm. going to see it and your name should always be on it in a right. big, obvious place that people will see. Right. Um, so murals have this like beautiful self advertising nature to them. Um, so especially when you start out, a really nice thing will be this domino effect. Mm-hmm. That kind of starts happening where people will hit you up because they saw this one mural that you did, or maybe they like walked past as you were painting mm-hmm. and mentioned this business they have or this business their friend has that may need something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's almost word of mouth how nice. it kind of continues. And at least that's from my experience, how I started to grow mm-hmm. is just kind of creating that wave of momentum mm-hmm. and then making sure that doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Momentum. Which I'm sure we all know is artists in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's> yeah. Right. <laughs> momentum's so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, momentum's super important. Happen, yeah. Keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be amazed. I mean, whatever you want to do with art, it's like there's a snowball effect, right? Yeah, exactly. You, whatever you're drawn to, kill it at that. Yeah. And it, yeah, it takes on a life of its own in yeah. a way. And that's one thing that I've experienced and like almost maybe had a personal struggle with in a way is that I do, I really miss studio painting, Yeah. Mm. but I'm not going to kill this wave that I'm riding with murals right, just right. because I, I miss spending half my time in my studio. Right. I'll mm-hmm. continue spending maybe 20% of my time in my studio because once you start running with murals, just because of what they can do for your career, as far as working publicly and working large and working in big community events and being mm-hmm. engaged in a way that I think is a lot more difficult to do with studio painting. Yeah. Um, I think that's really worth spending your time there mm-hmm. if you enjoy it. Totally. Oh, yeah. If you don't enjoy it, it's probably pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. It's probably pretty taxing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm curious, like, you know, we're talking about a lot of like practical information. Yeah. I'm curious, what does art mean to you? Oh, that's, that's another really big question. <laughs> um, art means a lot to me. Like it's just, it's just always what I've done. And so it's kind of how I work with myself mm-hmm. and just like, what I've always felt is right. And what I've always felt is my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving into murals and moving into public art, like really changed what I experienced as an artist and, like, I guess the importance that I saw in art. Yeah. Um, because not only does it ex- like 
it changes your relationship with your own work mm-hmm. once it's a little bit less personal. Yeah. Um, but also having the view of art as being something that benefits the public mm-hmm. is really, really amazing. You're just going around brightening up the world, making it interesting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fun. Like putting a piece in a community and being able to engage that with that community when you're there mm-hmm. and having conversations with people that kind of pass by as you're working. That's something that you don't get as a studio artist. Yeah, and right. it took a while for me to get used to that. But I've had like a lot of really valuable conversations with community members as I'm off painting somewhere. And it's also like given me the opportunity to go see the world in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like painting murals has given me the opportunity to see like urban lifestyle in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess your question was, what does art mean to me? Yeah. Not what is my view of art? What does art <laughs> mean to me? Um, yeah, I guess it's just my relationship with myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's an expression of self. Yeah. yeah it's my relationship with myself. And cool. I think if you're an artist, it took, it took me a while to realize exactly what that meant to have a relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that relationship is therefore the most important relationship you're going to have in your whole life. Yeah. It's the only thing that's guaranteed to be there the whole, your entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's like why we put everything into that and why we're all such passionate people mm-hmm. is because like that's what gives us joy. Exactly. And that's at least why I wake up every morning. Yeah. What yeah. I aim to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you think you're like rather extroverted or is that something that's kind of grown as you've been taking your art to the streets more? It's definitely grown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely grown. Um, I, I used to be a lot more introverted as a person. And even now I'd consider myself like an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I still recharge by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but working out in the streets, you don't really, I mean, part of your job, I think should be to talk with people when they come up to you totally. and like be open to these different opportunities and experiences and conversations to have with people. Um, it's not the same as just going into your studio for like 14 hours and totally. putting on a podcast or putting on music. Uh, so I've kind of had to become more open yeah. to just talking with people. And then street art in itself too, as a culture has taught me that painting is something that is a lot more fun to do with friends. Mm, yeah. And I truly believe the opposite of that when I was in college mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny to look back at now because now I usually paint with friends or like know where some of my friends are painting nearby mm-hmm. and having those chances to like go watch another artist or like paint next to someone if it's at a festival or like at a mural event. Those are really, really fun. And those add so much energy into what we do as artists Yeah, that I don't imagine what I would be painting now if I didn't have that interesting yeah it's like it seems at least the way art is happening now like art is such a great teacher at bringing people together and like teaching sociability because it's this weird thing where like i think we probably all in a lot of ways start out as like lonely people making marks by ourselves and it seems to like have this weird pull to bring you to like with other people it's an interesting thing yeah well it's it's like finding the others Mm, right yeah Mm-hmm. To like 
Timothy Leary talked about. <laughs> yeah. Find the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, especially with like, of course, the internet and social media now, it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, that person's obviously painting and is an artist. Yeah. yeah. And to reach out to people like that. I, yeah. I, it's a beautiful I, thing. Yeah. Have you ever, I'm just curious, have you ever been painting on the street and had some sort of crazy experience with a random passerby? Like good crazy or bad crazy? Any kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> I think painting on the street, like if you do choose to be a muralist and do public art, like you need to be prepared mm-hmm. for the fact that like you're in the public yeah. um, and you don't necessarily know what's going to happen to you. Right. Um, I think I experience a lot of doubt because I'm a female street artist mm-hmm. and it's a very male dominated industry, especially since I use spray paint. Yeah. Um, so I've just had like a lot of weird conversations with people where they're like, where I turn around and they're like, Oh shit, that's a chick. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, Um, girls can make art. Yeah. You're just like shattering people's expectations. (laughs) Yeah. It's very weird. Or I've, I've had a large number of experiences where like my brother or just like a good guy friend will just be at the wall with me. Or when Mm -hmm. I was apprenticing dread, like he would just hang out with me. And even if I'm clearly the one painting, like I have a respirator on and a spray can in my hand, Mm -hmm. I'm on a ladder. Yeah. Like they'll go to the man first and be like, Oh, tell me about your project. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. It happens a lot. Well, I guess we take it for granted because we're artists, but yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, sexism is still alive and well with people ignorant of street art or something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's cool. You're fucking breaking barriers. You're, you know, flipping people's minds and be like, oh, damn, (sighs) it's awesome. But otherwise, like. I haven't had anything too crazy happen. Like no, no dangerous situations. Or no, not really. And I definitely try to keep in mind, and I would give this as advice to anyone that's painting in public, like I have several different sets of earphones, for example, that let in a certain amount of background noise, yeah. and I won't wear my most noise-canceling pair right, when yeah. I'm out working in public. Right. So it's very important to know back. what's going on yeah. around you and watch your back when you're painting in public. Sure. Not only so you can have a valuable conversation with a stranger if they come up mm-hmm. but just so you know when someone's behind you yeah which is safer and a pair of brass knuckles too uh, i mean case. i have a can of spray paint like i could really <laughs> fuck someone up yeah, if I wanted you, to, you know <laughs> yeah it's a deadly weapon yeah <laughs> i don't even think about it like that but yeah you know. so like as you're riding this really cool mural wave do you have any like big goals or ideas of like oh, what can i do with this Yeah, so, so far, my main goal has been to, I mean, the very obvious one is to paint bigger walls. Mm -hmm. Like, once you start painting murals, um, it's it's very childish, Yeah, is my experience of painting murals. And it's like playing outside or playing on a playground. Yeah. Once you climb a ladder, you just want to climb a higher ladder. (laughs) Or, like, get on a bigger lift. Mm -hmm. And... um, play outside is really what it is or you know going back to like painting with friends mm-hmm. you just want to be in the sun with your friends like doing what all of you love and oh, laughing yeah. yeah and it's a pretty great it's like gig and so my goal is continuously to like paint bigger and bigger murals like i would love to go on one of those really scary elevator lifts on the wall. <laughs> um and then to continue traveling more and more and painting these walls um, has been a continuous goal too. And then just one of my goals in general with my art 
um, since I don't necessarily see my art as just painting on a canvas, I've for several years now, and that's why I started moving into murals, I've been mainly interested in creating environments versus mm-hmm. just creating pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my larger goals has to be, has, I guess, to continue painting more places where I can like paint several walls and paint the floor and paint the ceiling or being more involved with a larger design of a place or a building. Total immersive experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I know immersive is like this very trendy keyword these days. (laughs) Whatever. Um, But that's something I would very much like to do in the future. And also working with like more digital artists um, Mm. is something that hugely interests me. Cool. As well. So continuing to make more immersive stuff like that, like not just a painting that stays the same, but work with like an animator projection artist that can add a 4D element to it as well. Hell yeah. Yeah. Did you collaborate with, who was it? The projection on your wall? Was it Zach? Yeah. So I've done a few collaborations with with Zach, who's binary visuals um, on my wall. And those are kinds of things that I would love to do more in the future. I think it's important. It kind of makes oh, them yeah. move mm-hmm. yeah, in this really cool way. It's like yeah. really trippy. Yeah. <laughs> so like uh, when you're not in your studio or painting murals, what do you like to do for fun? I like to travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where's the, uh, what, what's like the most, uh, I, this is going to sound so white, but like yeah. what's the most <laughs> exotic place you've ever been? Um, <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I just painted a mural in Costa Rica. It was cool. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, were you um, that was like Envision? my first real out of the country mural, I guess. And it was just at a music festival, but it was still in Costa Rica, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Vision? Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, it was hot. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that was really fun. And that was actually a good lesson in many mural artists have told me before, like spray paint is cool and spray paint is exciting. But it's good to have a versatility to how you work large because mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get spray paint everywhere that you go. Right. Or like okay. maybe somebody won't have a budget for spray paint everywhere that you go. Yeah. And like I didn't have spray paint in Costa Rica and I've never painted a mural without spray paint before. Nice. nice. Um, so that was just like a new little challenge. What mm-hmm. kind of paint were you using? Was it just, just acrylic? house paint. Oh, house paint. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's what I thought. Cool. Yeah. That's fun. Did you like it? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's yeah. probably fun to switch it up, you know. It is it's fun like, to switch it up. Like spray paint, I still think is better <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's just—it's sure. so fast, it's so efficient, and I think spray paint even has made me a little bit impatient with my studio mm. practice, mm-hmm. which is something that I've struggled with, just because you can fill so much space so fast. It's so much more opaque than acrylic paint. So even yep. if you go over something, you can just do it in one fell swoop. Right. Um, which with a lot of acrylic colors, you can't Layers. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does it feel like weird going back into the studio after you've been crushing a wall and you're like intricately yeah. layering <laughs> yeah. by yourself? Yeah. It does. Um, <laughs> and this is like one thing that has been interesting to kind of see as I progress with these two different realms of my art career is kind of how different they both are and how how much I appreciate them at the same level very much, but so differently from mm-hmm. each other. Um, like, I know, Andrew, you just did your first mural, and you're in the middle of your first mural right now. Like, mm-hmm. how yeah. how different does it feel than doing a painting? Oh, yeah, it's so much. Way different. different. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. There, it is. There's more joy in the process. Yep. 
there's something about when you're working on a wall and somebody like mine's in a yoga studio, so it's inside. But when somebody pops in the room and they're like, oh, wow, like, yeah. you know, I was here last week and wow, you added all this color. Like, it's fun yeah. and it, when you're alone by yourself at home, like nobody pops in and, and it's it like, feels wow. like a well-deserved yeah. wow, too. Yeah, you know, where cool. like, I mean, and nothing against live painting. That's been my bread and butter for a while. But people come up and they're like, what? And just freak <laughs> out about it. But then like when you're doing like a 20 foot wall or something, and people come up, they're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, this funny, okay, funny yeah, I think that too, in a way, yeah. you know, yeah. being new too. It's like, yeah, doing something new. It's yeah. like, uh, it's just this really empowering feeling because you're like, it's like, I don't know shit about spray paint. And like all my murals that I've done have been basically um, thinner and thicker lines, like mm-hmm. going into a, a background. And so it's like really simple, but it still feels like this, like activates your brain in a really weird way. Like makes you feel like a badass dude. Like this fucking wall. Yeah. What's up motherfucker. So I think like when I first started and I still get this cause I mean, hopefully we're all consistently improving and hopefully Mm -hmm. that never happens or else we'd be stagnant artists. Right. Um, but probably (laughs) what you're experiencing right now, Andrew is like, I have a lot of kind of metaphors for spray paint and going to the gym, I guess, uh-huh. yeah. where when you first start this new kind of craft, you get this same kind of achievement high as if mm-hmm. you're like training for something. Yeah. Like each time you go, like each time you pull a nice curve and it doesn't have any fidgets in it, uh-huh. you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I did that. Yeah. I, like kept a, nice I kept asking, like, yeah, it's really, nice. it's like <laughs> yeah. using like harder weights every time yeah. that you go because yeah. you see yourself getting better and that feels so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kept uh, joking with uh, my friend Kevin in Florida at, mm-hmm. at Halloween. Russell? Um, Shouts. Oh, why am I <laughs> blanking on Kevin's last name? It's Russell, right? It has to be. Yeah. Shouts Who Kevin. else is Kevin? But Kevin, shouts. Love you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, I I did a did you know a line without tape yeah. for like kind of the first time, and I was like, is this can control? You know, like <laughs> yeah. this elusive can control I've been hearing about. I for mean, so and long. I still even show up to a wall sometimes, and if you're having a bad day, it's like, what the, f- what is can control? Yeah, I yeah. understand. And that's like one important note about spray painting, especially because it's public and you mm-hmm. need to appear confident. Mm-hmm. Um. What I've experienced with spray painting and kind of scaling up is there's this weird psychology to if you like tell yourself you're good at it, yeah, then yeah. you're gonna be good at it. Yeah, 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 totally. It's like a magic trick, dude. You yeah. know, divine confidence. It's yeah, like, believe in yourself, you know. So even now, when I get to a wall and I'm I'm having a bad day, because that happens to all of us. Sure. Um, yeah. Like sometimes you're just really not feeling it, and even though we do this job that we love, it is work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to be like, I'm here to put in the hours and then it can go home and tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so if I'm having a day like that and go up to a wall and I have to do my job, like you just have to kind of practice a line and maybe you kind of do the whole body movement first. Mm-hmm. And then I tell myself, I'm like, I can do this. I have to do this in one movement because that's really the key to big shapes and spray paint is don't yeah. do it like six inches at a time. Right. You got to just... Yeah. Be a, tell yourself you're a badass yeah. and just do the whole thing. I'm gonna It'll come out this. a lot cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> and if you kind of do the, you know, the Superman stance. Yeah. 
Like the power stance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you like set up and walk up to a wall, like with your shoulders back and high, like mm-hmm. you're going to be able to do that line, mm-hmm. then your line is literally going to turn out a lot better. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I was like sitting up in my chair, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I've got this. Maybe. I'm afraid though, like my, my spray painting muscles of, uh, atrophied a bit since December when was the last time I uh-huh. painted on a wall. Um, but you have unlocked that achievement. So you, even if right. you get rest, like you can bring right. it back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about taking breaks. Let's Ooh. go back to my injury. Okay. Yeah. On let's talk note, about your let's injury. Let's talk about atrophied muscles. Yeah. Did you, so I think you and I have suffered the same injury, right? Torn meniscus. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, what's that? Shouts. Uh, it's, <laughs> It's this um, ten. Is it? Uh, oh no! It's the padding between uh, your femur and your tibia. Yeah. Correct. So it's like the padding that's in your knee between the two big parts of your legs. Okay. Right. Um, and so what happened to me is starting, I think, last May. I remember driving home from a huge spraycation in California and being like. I have a weird feeling in my knee right now. And it's not just from this long car drive. Was it clicking? No. No. And then it kind of went away. And throughout the whole summer, it was maybe like two or three days into a wall. I'd be like, something's wrong mm-hmm. here. But then, you know, I'd throw some CBD lotion on it. I'd take <laughs> some Advil and I'd move on to the next wall because momentum and right. like adrenaline high. And mm-hmm. I was really busy and I like... And work addicted, and I didn't let anything get in the way of that. And then I was working on a project up in Snowmass, like over by Aspen, Colorado, in September. And I was doing this like really awesome illusion on the stairs of this like very complicated corner of a building. So it was on two different staircases, and it wrapped around a corner. There was one perspective of illusion where the whole piece came together on all the walls and the faces of the stairs. And so the day that I really worked on the faces of the stairs, which meant like running up and down this whole double staircase, maybe like 400 times in a day, like kneeling on it in really weird positions so you could paint the face of the stairs. Mm -hmm. The next morning I couldn't walk. (laughs) And so thankfully I was in Aspen, Colorado and a torn meniscus is like the most common (laughs) ski injury in this state. Yeah. Um... So I went to the doctor and they were like, you should maybe get an MRI. And so I took a break in the middle, in the middle of that job and I had a bucket handle tear in my meniscus. Mm-hmm. That's what I had. Really? Yeah. yeah so it pretty handle. much means that like the way that my doctor explained it to me is like a tear in a sweater where the thread like starts coming out and then the meniscus starts flipping in between your bones, which is, I guess, when it was hurting really bad, is it meant it was twisted and flipped in the wrong way. Fuck. And the tear just starts getting longer and longer. So then in, I lived with that and finished the mural with a torn meniscus. Boss. It it was painful. But also Um, kind of not. I'll die for my own. I learned a lot of lessons. And so I had a surgery where they took out like two thirds of my meniscus in October. Holy wow. shit. And I then had to take a kind of forced like three month break from muraling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a really big life lesson in a lot of ways. Did you get depressed at all? 
he uh not like fully depressed i like to think i'm a very optimistic person Mm -hmm. but it was really really weird to all of a sudden not be able to do what i loved Mm -hmm. and also it kind of felt like i've always been challenged by a work-life balance Oh, yeah. And which I'm sure we're all familiar with. Uh, Quite familiar. Yeah. (laughs) And it kind of felt like this weird slap in the face from the universe Mm. that was like, hey, Anna, sit down. Yeah. yeah. Sit down Mm. before you fall down. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And so I couldn't. I remember my surgery was like the beginning of October. And then I told my physical therapist, I was like, I just need to be able to climb a ladder by Art Basel, which is the first week of December. Mm-hmm. So overall, there's much worse win- injuries that I could have had. But it still was like a three-month hiatus from doing murals, which is a large portion of my career. Mm-hmm. So um, wait, when I saw you at Basel, that was you just recovered? That was my first mural back oh, wow. in three months. Wow, nice. Yeah. Did you feel some fire when you got back to it? Was it? I did. I was really scared, especially going to Art Basel, which is just such a big week in mm-hmm. art industry and especially in street art. I was really afraid to get back to murals and like not have that muscle memory set mm-hmm. up right. and like not be confident going to my wall. And, but if there's anything that I learned from that injury, um, it's like you should listen to your body. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And especially doing something that's as physically taxing as mural work, mm-hmm. um, which is just overall not, it's not great for you beyond the fact that spray paint is extremely toxic. Um, the amount that it takes on your body, like you need a break in between yeah. these jobs and yeah. like you need to have a set amount of hours that you can work every day mm-hmm. or else you are going to get injured and you are going to get hurt. And there's consequences much bigger than like ending your day two hours earlier. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's something as I've gotten older too, is like, I don't know, I'm 33 now. Your, mm-hmm. en- your energy changes as you get older and it's like, you know, some days when I'm tired, I'm finally letting myself just take a day off from making art, from working out. Yeah. I'm so much it's- more fragile than I used to be, you know? Like, well, that's yeah. what's weird is like, I I just turned 26 and for the first time in my life, I'm like, wait, I'm not immortal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a good. My body good will lesson. break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now kind of after my injury and my surgery, which was because of my job. It mm-hmm. was work related and I can't ignore that fact. I'm a lot more aware that like when I schedule my jobs, depending on the length of the job, like I need two to three days in between. Yeah, space them out. Yeah. Especially if it's like an indoor job and I'm just Ooh, breathing yeah. in spray paint constantly, even with a respirator, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Everyone you, out there, be safe. Can you get a like a ventilation thing going on in indoor jobs? Like Yes. High like, powered fans or but that would probably mess up the spray too. I don't. Yeah, but just after a point, even if you have like when I work indoors, I use a full face respirator because spray paint doesn't just go through your lungs. Like the yeah, kind gives of it through your eyes for yeah, sure. Yeah, your eyes are the most permeable part of your body. Mm. So especially if you're working indoors and all the dust and overspray from the wall is like going onto your skin and into your eyes, you're going to feel that the next day. And that's like really going to hurt your body. 
So when I work inside, I have like the full on Breaking Bad kind of respirator <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like the badass mask that goes across my whole face. And at this point, too, I try to wear like long sleeves and long pants because it goes through your skin. Yeah. And just doing that makes a huge difference on the way I feel the next day and like how long I'm able to work a job. Nice. Um, That's great information. Do, do you see yeah. like do you see older spray artists with like illnesses or anything from? I mean, there's a reason why people stereotype artists as crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. because they got like we heavy breathe in fumes. We eat yeah. paint, basically. It's yeah. because there's way. oil painters that work in rooms without windows. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's yeah. bad for you. Yeah. Be careful out there. Yeah. Take yeah. some precautions. You know, know what, what materials you're using. Well, yeah. You know? And I know we've, we've really trumpeted this meme uh, into the air a lot here, but like, Taking care of yourself is also just as much of an art as anything you'll ever put on a canvas or in in music or whatever it is you do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Um, so the injury was a really, like when I think about chapters in my career, kind of, the injury was a point where I kind of realized like, yes, killing it is everything. <laughs> and I will never take that statement back. I will work as hard as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But now I know the limits as to what I physically can do. Yeah. And that's a big difference yeah. in my yeah. life. Yeah. And like rest is okay. Like yeah. If you need to rest, like it took me forever to just allow myself to take a day off. Like I used to feel like if I stopped, everybody else is out there slaying it. Uh, and I'm just yep. going to fall behind and become thing, yeah. irrelevant. And it's like, no, rest, take your time, be healthy. So then you can really crush it when you do go back yeah. to working on art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just burn yourself out. Ultimately, this is what we all want to do for the rest of our lives. Right? right. So it has to be a longevity thing too. Yeah, yeah. So you have to keep that in mind. Like if you're not wearing a respirator, or if you fall off a ladder or like if you're working, you know, 10 days in a row in a job without windows, that's just going to take years off that you can do this for longevity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the most important part is to be able to do it as long as you want. Perpetuity. So, yeah. Like that so that was a, a reality that really hit me this year. Um, and just being able to bounce back from that and like realize that recovery is a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I also had time to like sit with my sketchbook and do some kind of research and development about yeah. my ideas and <laughs> going back to work life balance. I had time to, you know, pay attention to that whole life part. Totally. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, my social life is blooming in a way that it wasn't for like two years. So <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> nice. Um, did you did you make any canvas paintings during that time? I did. Yeah. I nice. did. Um, so that felt good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That felt good. That was nice. Nice. Um, I moved into a new studio in like May of last year. Mm-hmm. So nine months ago, I think that was. Mm. And in reality, I think I've spent maybe three months actually working in that studio. Um, so beyond work-life balance, I have this weird work-work balance that I'm kind of trying to figure out, uh, <laughs> which maybe you guys will experience if you move more towards murals. Yeah, we'll yeah. Especially how like I'm maybe one feels more fun to you. Because mm. that's, I know one thing that I've had is I love both infinitely but I think with murals, I get endorphins more instantly yeah, yeah, than I do yeah. with painting. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. <laughs> Good 
feel what you were going to say there. Yeah. And so murals like have a more addicting quality than painting does. Mm -hmm. And in the end, like both of them satisfy me in the same deep love kind of way. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot easier for me to like say yes to murals than paintings. Yeah. And that's been really hard for me to figure out like where to plan that in my Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. So hopefully I'll spend more time in my studio in the future, but I mean, you know, like <laughs> whatever makes you happy. right? Yeah. <laughs> and we all just want to make art, but you know, it's like not the most important thing, but it's probably pretty cool to know if you're doing a mural, like I'm getting paid for this piece of art. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to talk about yeah. for just people out there is like the business of murals is quite different than the business of paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, like as far as it comes to murals and we can talk about like learning how to price for murals too. Um, but with murals, the whole psychology behind just being a freelancer with them, like I know with murals and I would recommend this to anyone out there, make a contract. Even if you're just starting, it will make you seem more professional to your clients if yeah. you have a contract that yeah. you give to them. And also just to kind of value your own time. I know that I at least ask for a 50% deposit. Mm. before i do anything any commission work 50 yeah, percent totally up front. straight up yeah mm-hmm. super super important yeah um and that's really different than like doing a painting in your studio or getting ready for a show and putting away you know six months of your time and crossing your fingers and hoping it all works out yeah it's mm, right fucking terrorizes my mind you it, know? Sounds, it's like, it honestly it's sounds kind of scary for me yeah. that i've gotten used to doing murals <laughs> yeah um so so how do you price a mural? Like, do you do it by square foot or time or... Yeah, so there's a, a few different ways that you can go about pricing your murals. I personally price per square foot. I have a few friends that price kind of per day of installation, but that takes a little bit more practice. Like I was saying earlier, I have a vague estimation of how long murals take me, so pricing per day wouldn't really work out for me. Gotcha. Um... I price on a sliding scale per square foot based on the amount of detail and also on the client's available budget. And that's been really, really nice for me where I can accommodate to most clients Mm -hmm. um, and have a little bit of flexibility because ultimately, like, I want to do the job that you're commissioning me for. Right. Um, And it would be nice to get paid a little bit more. But, like, if you have X amount, we're going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so what really changes is like, if the client has a lower budget, I'll use like bigger shapes or have a more economic use of space, I guess. So do you, do you include uh, price of materials in that also then? Yes. So how I've worked out my way of pricing is I'll include price of materials, um, design on the way up to the mural, unless the client needs like four redos. Okay. Um, I'll include kind of one design plus coloring. And then if there needs to be a lift or scaffolding rental, that will be added in extra. Or if I'm traveling, that will also be added in extra. Gotcha. Um, but per square foot has worked out pretty well for me in the past. Nice. So yeah. cool. Um, let's say uh, me, a very new bit making murals, wanted to apply to a mural festival. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend that with like three murals under my belt or? I mean, apply to everything oh, that has an yeah, application. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, 100% I also of the shots fest. you don't take. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky <laughs> I'm, over I'm here. I'm a huge fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also just in applying to things and asking for things, I think that there is a fine balance between humility and confidence. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like yeah. you should definitely apply for everything and act like you deserve it. Uh-huh. But also like it's not cute to be overconfident and people yeah, won't true. really like give you the respect if you under deliver. Yeah. Be sweet yeah, and work that's hard. That's the scary part of it, right? Yeah. 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 Just be um, a nice person. Do your best. Yeah. You know, be sweet. Yeah, be a good person. Be like yeah. the sweetest killer, you know? Like, this guy kills it, but you're like a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and especially, I think, going up in any world, it's just kind of better to, like, keep your head down and do your work. Sure. And with applications, just apply to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, like, going up to people and asking to be a part of things, I think it's good to act like you know more than you do, but also just be honest about where you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, you can come in with some swagger, but then if the conversation gets a little more detailed, you should probably divulge where like, yeah. you're really But you're, if you're mad. in a situation like that, just like ask for help from someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's really like where we get any knowledge that we have. I think being in a career as an artist, we don't have a A, B, C right. setup it's like a linear. normal job has. Like we don't go into an internship and then like wait a year and get a promotion. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only kind of tool we have as a resource is just talking to each other and, you know, listening to podcasts like this mm-hmm. um, and learning from other people's experiences as to like how they climbed and how they <clears throat> grew to where they were. And it's really difficult and tricky to figure out. Yeah. But you miss all the shots you don't take. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. And it is cool. It's like, you know, through this podcast and, I mean, at least in this area, like all these homies, Mm -hmm. all these artists doing different things, like the more we share, it's like we don't have to figure out everything alone anymore. Or just like we're not just free balling. Like, you know, (laughs) in some way, it's like maybe we can actually develop some sort of path, like Mm -hmm. at least like a wiggly, not set in stone path, but like, hey, you know. Like sh- just sharing this information and being like, yeah. you want to paint murals? This is how you do it. Yeah. This is how you did it, you know? Yeah. So like, do it's you like, guys feel like you've gotten a lot of knowledge from reaching out to other artists and building a community? Because like, yeah. I know that I got most of my knowledge from like, having an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like to use uh, the parlance of our sub community, I'm getting a very big download from you right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I feel like I've, I've gained knowledge in that like you know no one has like a right answer and everybody Uh and and it's just like imagine all these artists in a gigantic circle viewing a sculpture that is art yeah Mm. you know and so everyone's gonna have a different all these take and and it's just like you know we could extend that to the whole picture of reality and every single person in it Mm -hmm. and everybody has it you know this is kind of a trope or whatever but everybody has a different perspective of what this sculpture this three or 4d object is and so at at some point it's like you can kind of uh collage all these perspectives together and and get maybe what the picture of it is yeah yeah, it's really broadened my perspective. I mean, it's crazy when you sit down and talk 
to all these artists for an hour, two hours, and like you're just diving into the world, and it's such a huge download. Like I've been, yeah. I've been feeling like rather confused lately. Yeah. It's almost so was, much information and so yeah. many perspectives. I can't. But I think I, it's I like, honestly can't listen to our podcasts <laughs> when they come out because yeah, it's too much. It's like I gotta take my brain elsewhere a little bit because. I feel like if I if I just reconsumed what I produced, um, then I would just get too hyper focused or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I wouldn't even have any good questions yeah. for you. And, and for me, it's all about like kind of being in the moment and mm-hmm. and asking whatever comes up, you know. But like, can you imagine what it was like to be an artist before the age of Instagram? I know, no, man. No, like not so only must from a so business lonely. perspective, but from just like a, hey, what do you think about this move I'm considering on this painting kind it, of perspective? It, yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing about Instagram too. Is I think we've talked about this before, probably, um, probably on Abe's podcast. Memory serves, um, but like going through the Instagram scroll is like and i like almost all types of art you know Mm -hmm. so like it 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 gets confusing like you were saying you know Mm -hmm. it can be a little confusing um because i'm like oh i really like this illustrative style but wow i really like this renaissance kind of painterly style and oh man this abstract thing (laughs) is so cool and so personally i guess um i think what I want to see for myself is like a really good synthesis of Mm -hmm. different kind of styles because I mean, I love, you know, I love the visionary thing and I love the really like well done painterly thing. And I really love abstract and, and illustrative when it, when it's done well and people know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And I don't know how to integrate those things, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's all a process, I guess. Yeah. Like I've had a vision like for myself and just for people at home, like consuming this, right. Mm -hmm. And getting all this info is like listening. And then if you can maintain optimism, you're going to weave together this beautiful, unique tapestry Mm -hmm. and like homies at home that hear this advice yeah, and they take like a little bit from you and a little bit from like Seth McMahon, a little bit from Morgan. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to become a killer. Yeah. Or if you're in the state of fear, you're just going to be like, "This is too much. I, I don't know what <laughs> like, to do." do or yeah. Yeah. if you're a normal human, you'll be oscillating from both those yeah. states. Like I, I do it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but just like I've learned so much personally from. I guess it's, I've never really been fearful to reach out to other artists because mm-hmm. it's just never going to hurt. Like they're the only thing that's going to happen is maybe they won't answer. If right. You have exactly. a question. I have trouble with that. Like asking for help. It's like, I don't know what it is, but, um, asking for help is, yeah, I'm getting better at it, but, uh, just like mm-hmm. asking for help on like, Hey, what's this technique you use or, or, I mean, maybe that's some sort of subconscious reason we started uh-huh. the podcast is like, <laughs> so you, you can know. just like low key ask yeah. for help over several hours. <laughs> like, I'm not totally, uh, yeah. this is an interview. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, what, what you're talking about is, is very important, I think. And, yeah. And yeah, I think, 
you know, we're all here for each other. And then if someone doesn't have time, you shouldn't take that personally either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like one thing that I've really benefited from, it's just, I think Instagram in itself is such a powerful tool because it gives us the ability to directly contact like people who are far above us, or at least we think are really far above us. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And be like, Hey, you know, like, what's this technique you use? How do you scale up from a painting to a wall? Mm-hmm. Like, how'd you get this opportunity? And, or like, how did you start traveling to paint murals? Is something that I asked a lot of different artists that yeah. maybe I didn't know at all. Mm-hmm. And just being able to kind of like source different ideas on that, that's so valuable that we have a tool to do that from versus just yeah. kind of like sitting at home. You can, yeah, oh, it, you can DM any artist or anybody that you dig yeah Yeah. like you don't know if they're gonna respond but like you're saying like i think it's really cool how you seem to continually ask for help Mm -hmm. Uh, you're not scared to like put yourself out there it's like a vulnerable thing like sometimes i'm scared to ask people things but you know it's inspiring because then you see what it does it's like it doesn't hurt to just ask yeah so one thing that i've learned that i wanted to talk about as far as just like asking for help goes is like one of the biggest kind of jumps that I made in my life um, was once I started doing murals and saw this really awesome lifestyle that a lot of murals seem to ha- like muralists seem to have mm-hmm. um, of just kind of traveling and painting. Uh, it's just like, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you, yeah. how do yeah. you move from being in state when I was, you know, saying that murals are self advertising that requires people driving past them. Mm-hmm. So how do I move from being a Colorado based artist to just like a United States artist? Mm-hmm. And then hopefully outside of that. International. <laughs> so I just started asking a lot of people like, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. How did you start traveling to paint? Like, how did you start getting invited to these mural festivals that are out of state? Mm-hmm. And so many people told me, just like, if you want to be a traveling artist, it sounds kind of stupid and simple, but it's just start traveling and painting. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, like, one thing that I really thought about a lot that I wanted to say on your guys' podcast is, like, it, when you're thinking about designing a life, mm-hmm. look at the people who you're super inspired by. Mm-hmm. And kind of the life that you want to model yours after. Because being an artist is also a lot more than just painting. It's a lifestyle. Totally. And I don't think that we should forget that or overlook that at all. Absolutely. Um, and just kind of start making your life that way. Like mm-hmm. if you want to be a professional artist, it takes a lot of risk and a lot of discomfort. Mm-hmm. But just start acting like you're a professional artist you know like make contracts even if you've never done a mural before like start Mm -hmm. your first mural with a contract yeah like if you want to be an artist you need to have a studio Mm -hmm. and even if that studio is in your bedroom like have a separate space for doing art Mm -hmm. little sanctuary space for creativity yeah however you can find it and um like and then that goes to a kind of bigger range like even if you want to make large paintings on canvas you need to have a large space to make large paintings on canvas or else you're never going to do that. Right. Exactly. So you kind of need to act the way that you want to be Mm -hmm. or else it's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, You have to sort of act like you're already there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like the dress for success kind of mentality. Yeah. 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 Sure. So I started reaching out to a lot of artists and being like, Hey, I want to travel and paint murals. What did you do? And they all said, just find an opportunity 
and start traveling and painting. And so I kind of went back to square one, which is like doing some work for free or for really cheap and just going to a different city mm-hmm. and painting a mural there. Um, and that's a step that I kind of made last May. I moved out of my apartment in Denver and I still don't have a full lease anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I just moved out of my apartment because that gives you so much more freedom if mm-hmm. you're not paying X amount every month for rent. And even if you're subleasing for a certain amount of time, if you can just go travel somewhere, like find an opportunity for a wall. What I did is I just put on my story on Instagram, like, hey, I'm trying to travel and paint a little bit this summer. Like, Who has a wall and a couch? I'll come hang out. Mm-hmm. And kind of just hearing that advice from other artists that you just need to make the move and do that. Yeah. That totally changed what I can do. Because once I started traveling and painting, it was that same like kind of domino effect Mm -hmm. where people saw that I was traveling and painting Mm -hmm. and that I was a mural artist without necessarily a home base. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm getting more opportunities outside of state. So it is just designing the life that you want before you have it. It's really, really important. Take a chance and go for it, you know? Yeah. It's like here people all the time like on instagram they're like oh her life looks so cool or his does uh my life sucks well the only difference between you being miserable and them is they just went for it yeah like that's such great advice i I think a lot of people don't know what they want also yeah so that's the biggest i mean for me at least like i'll speak to that because i didn't know what i wanted to do till i was 24 25 maybe mm-hmm. and i knew it had something to do with creativity yeah but i didn't know whether it was music or visual art mm-hmm. kind of let the internet decide uh-huh. <laughs> it's like here's a painting here's a song but you were going for it That's yeah, yeah yeah totally totally you, you weren't spending time being jealous or something you were yeah showing right, up right. and that's acting yeah. creatively and yeah. yeah i hear that yeah i think yeah i think anybody will be amazed what happens when they take a chance and actually go for what they want to go for yeah and it does take risk and it's hard like save up money where you can so mm-hmm. then you can maybe take a month off and like go visit a friend in a different city mm-hmm. and like i just i painted a wall like on a friend's house mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um but it just gives you the confidence and it gives a kind of extra impression to where you are oh, yeah. um, and then kind of an additional point to designing the life that you want. Um, just this past year, I started working with an assistant for the first time and making the move to start getting help mm-hmm. was a really difficult decision to make mm-hmm. um, because like, I don't think I'm there yet where I need an help assistant. on my walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who, who am I? I'm still a young artist. Um, but I looked at the careers of all these artists who like, I really respect and the level of work that they were doing, like the size walls they were doing, or like the amount of innovation they were doing in their studio and just the amount of productivity they have. And I think it's really important for people to notice that artists that are at that extreme level, Mm -hmm. they're not doing it alone. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really realize that until maybe a few years ago that most of these big time artists 
Like they have people stretching their canvases. Yeah. They got teams, man. So they can just focus on making the art. You yeah, know? yeah. Like art is a business. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. Yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been dealing with this too. Uh, like playing with the idea of having somebody come help. Have you had anyone come help yet? No, not yet. Get, you know, there's like Cause a f- you'd want to pay someone, you know I mean? No. I, like I'm down with paying somebody. It's like, uh, a control issue you know being able to like trust somebody to take care of this task yeah so this is great these these are all the important things that i've learned from getting help for the first time is beyond just the idea of being i don't know official enough to need an assistant (sighs) was getting over the pride of doing it all by myself yeah Mm -hmm. um because that's really important and there's like a confidence thing that goes from being like, I painted this wall from doing the tape to the very last dot or outline on it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I had to kind of look at where I was going and realize that it's so much more important to me to just continue creating and taking on more jobs and making more work in public spaces and just following my dream more or like bringing more art to different communities and different environments. Mm -hmm. That's so much more important to me mm-hmm. than doing it from A to Z. Than like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. This, than like, just being like, I did all that. Yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. I, I don't need to like poof out my chest in that way and be that proud of what I'm doing. Um, so I would recommend, if, especially if you're thinking about getting an assistant, mm-hmm. it's really hard to let go of that control because sharing creative space with someone and bringing them into what you do. Yeah. That is super intimate mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of trust in like their person in their integrity and most importantly, their skill. Yeah. Um, but even like, I know that you guys collaborate a lot and collaborating is yeah. in itself its own thing. Mm-hmm. So then bringing someone in to do a finished piece with you, especially that's a commission and that's already paid for. That does take risk and a lot of trust, but I highly recommend it to anyone that's already considering it. Oh, yeah. Who's your assistant? Um, so my assistant, another important shout out in yeah, this yeah. podcast, yeah. goes to Kendall Kipley. Shouts. Uh, Shouts, Kendall. Kendall Paints on Instagram. Um, Kendall is someone that I went to Denver School of the Arts with from middle school and high school. Nice. And we were honestly never really friends. <laughs> and um then Kendall reached out to me about a year ago on Instagram and was like, Hey, if you ever need help, hit me up. Like I wanna learn more. Nice. And I was like, Hey, I've done this whole thing before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I feel you. Come hang out. And so the first mural that Kendall helped me on was about a year ago. And since then, I've had her help me out on most of my local projects here in Denver. And I'm bringing her out of state with me for the first time next month. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. So having an assistant is something that once you take on an assistant and like learning to delegate is super difficult because that goes with Mm -hmm. trust. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And also it takes a lot of time to teach someone to do what you do and how you do it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. because everybody kind of like learns things in their own ways and has their own language. So yeah. maybe they have a different way of approaching your final effect, mm-hmm. which is fine, but you kind of need to figure out how you guys go about that. So even though Kendall's been working with me for almost a year, it was just in February that I had her with me to the last day of a job. 
like it's doing it's this so cool final though. outline. You work through wow. that, yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, it's like you take on the role of a director in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I will say I can probably do murals in 65% of the time. Oh, yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. And to anyone out there, um, you should pay your assistants. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I did a lot of work for free in my life. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't take that back for anything. Mm-hmm. That that free work had more value than any money it could have ever put in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, you should find an assistant that would work for free because they care. Yeah. But you should pay them anyways. <laughs> Fuck right. yeah. Totally. Because what they're doing is important to you mm-hmm. and they should know that and they deserve yeah. that. It helps your growth exponentially and everybody wins and then they get some dough. Yeah. They, they get work experience. Yeah. Re- like real world working experience. It's yeah. It's a really cool relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's and great. especially like if you're thinking of getting an assistant, it is a lot to then consider paying someone else because mm-hmm. we all work so hard. Yeah. Right. And we all worked so hard to get to this point. Right. Where like we could hopefully be full time. Yeah. So paying someone else like even hourly is a big step to take. Mm-hmm. And but mentally, once you get over that, like even once I do the math on the hourly that I pay my assistant out of like my total fee for a mural, the amount that I can then put into work on future murals. Yeah. Like it's not costing me money mm-hmm, because right. then I can do more work it's and take on more jobs. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a really amazing experience to kind of grow into that mm-hmm. and be yeah. able to expand my career to have that set of extra hands helping me. That's Hell cool. yeah. And it's just more fun. Like I said, painting is more fun with friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so much better to go with a wall and like have Kendall and I have now become best friends. So mm. it's really nice to have someone there to like, put on music with you or talk to you and it holds you liable also to working really mm-hmm. hard the whole right. time you're there. And I would recommend it. Cool. Well, yeah. uh, should we put it out there? Uh, John needs an assistant. John needs an assistant. Everyone. Yeah. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hang out. You can help me ship orders and we can make art together. It'll be fun. Yeah. There's a better advertisement for that. Get some real life experience. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anything I could teach. It's, get help from another artist or oh, go yeah. help another artist. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I yeah. That's great advice. Um, so you were talking about you're going out of state next month. I am. Where are you going? I'm going to Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska. Um, yeah. So I've been kind of in Denver the last few, kind of the last few months. I just came home from vacation, but, um, Winter's kind of slow months for us that do murals and street art. Mm-hmm. And then summer is when things kind of turn back up again. So I have this sublease that I have right now that ends the end of this month. And then hopefully I won't do another extended sublease until October, maybe. Nice. I'm going to be out traveling and painting again, is what I'm hoping for if all these applications go through. Um, so yeah, Nebraska, I'll be out. Not Nebraska. <laughs> um, April, I'll be out in Nebraska and then Memphis as well. Dang. Yeah. What are you doing in Nebraska? Is it private uh, uh, client work or is it a, a mural fest? Or? No, it's an indoor job. I'm okay. doing a job for Facebook in Nebraska. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> 
<laughs> are you gonna get paid in stock That'd like uh, David Joe? Um, I don't know how stocks are doing these days. Yeah, no coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited. Like it's been kind of interesting to see throughout doing murals, like where all these commissions can take you. Mm-hmm. Um, just as an mm-hmm. example of the span of what's possible mm-hmm. once you start doing these kinds of jobs. Like in February, I did like a hair salon, a very fancy coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite projects of my life, I did at a glass blowing studio up in Evergreen. In yeah. Evergreen? Yeah, yeah Evergreen. Cool. Yeah, the yeah, Evergreen yeah. Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all these amazing artists up there that make incredible glass. That was really cool to create in an environment where other people also create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just really good energy. I've never done something like that did, before. Did You're you probably to, getting something like that yeah. in the yoga studio. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, doing yoga in the space that you're making a Yeah. There is such a crazy. thing as high vibes. Yeah. And for sure. I, I cried pretty hard when I finished painting that mural. <laughs> the good kind of crying. Yeah, right, right. And um, then next month, I'm going to do a mural for Facebook. Yeah. So kind of the variety of jobs. Like I do this like businesses i do a lot of private residencies inside or outside on people's garages mural festivals and then corporate clients too so it kind of brings you this whole range of things what's it like working with facebook do they have a lot of rules or um i'm working with an art consulting company that works for facebook ah so you got a little middleman yes i have a middleman okay yeah (laughs) so it's been pretty easy nice cool yeah cool They're not going to like kick you off the platform if you make a wrong mark or anything. Oh, I sure hope not. <laughs> Being silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what is the difference in general in working with like corp- corporations versus just small businesses? Have you found any differences there or am I projecting my own assumptions onto that? Let's think. <laughs> I think I kind of mentioned this earlier where I think my experience as an artist doing commissions may be a little different because I do abstract work and Mm. that's what I've been lucky to get known for and create a demand for. Whereas a lot of muralists that do more illustrative work or have a portfolio that's a whole range of figurative to landscape to sign painting, they may have a more difficult time. Mm -hmm. Whereas really the only conversation that I have with most clients is what color scheme do you want? Yeah, yeah. And then I get to do whatever I want. Yeah, you're pretty hooked up. Yeah, "Yeah, just do your shit. (laughs) Even though it's commission, I'm still largely just going in and doing my thing. Yeah, it's a really cool place to be. Yeah, it's it's super nice. Um, So I don't know, maybe it's different, but I just haven't experienced that much of a difference. Okay. Um, There's a little bit of a difference once you actually show up to this spot. but that's just like kind of in how you set it up and how you talk to people there and kind of your hours of access. But those are pretty small technicalities. You know, got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what kind of advice would you give now to your younger self or younger artists? Like, you've um, laid out so much advice already yeah but, I know. yeah <laughs> but you might as well just give them more yeah i'm Maybe trying to think of some other things um put importance to community mm. and surround yourself with a variety of people in multiple communities yeah um i think in denver 
our art scene is growing exponentially, which is awesome. I think we're all very lucky to be artists that are kind of pillared here in Denver during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Denver has this weird thing in the art scene going on right now where we have a really prolific scene, but it's a lot of different chapters that are all mm. pretty divided. And I feel very lucky the studio that I moved into in May, we have a, a pretty diverse group of artists there. And that's one thing that I really looked for when I was looking for a studio is I wanted a community studio with people that really cared. Like I wanted to be with artists that were either already full-time or trying their hardest to be full-time. I don't want to be with just like hobbyists i guess yeah Yeah. Um, people doing it man yeah yeah yeah, not to like sound all hoity-toity but (laughs) i think it's super the energy that the people around you bring is really gonna affect what you do yeah absolutely and i think that there's a lot to be said for friendly competition yeah Um, yeah. like if you're in this way that my studio is set up is kind of like a warehouse we don't have we have our own little cubicles but there's one wall missing so you can absolutely see when someone else is there and what they're doing Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives you a little bit more oomph to your work day oh, if yeah. you're like, well, they haven't taken a break yet, so am I allowed to do that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's super nice to be with a group of people who, like, we have a charcoal artist and an oil painter and, like, an illustrator and then some people who do some more, expen- like, experimental 3D stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's been really good because before I moved into that studio, I had a studio just by myself which got a little a little bit too much of a bubble at some points. And then I was getting to a point where I really felt a little stifled because the only people I were talking to was just other spray paint artists and people mm-hmm. in the street art community, which is super awesome. But a good part of inspiration is seeing what's outside of what you do. Exactly. And that's yeah. how we grow. Mm-hmm. So that would be a big thing that, that I have for younger artists or for me when I was younger is just like make sure that your horizons are broadened. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And that you have a lot of different influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've even found like, uh, you know, when I lived in Philly, I didn't know other artists. And then I moved out here and then all my friends were artists. And then I've realized too, it's co- it's really cool to make friends that are really great at different disciplines outside of art too. Yep. They just offer totally unique, totally different attention on the world and it can really broaden just the way you think about everything too. And Yeah. Yeah, informs each other and... Yeah. yeah. And then also just like speaking about learning from other people, if you're in people that are in like different chapters of your own world, um, like I don't work with galleries very much at this moment in my life, but having people who do, those are really important conversations to have mm-hmm. and like things to keep in mind mm-hmm. as you continue growing your career is seeing how other people are doing things tangential to you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. That's super important. Happy birthday. Thanks. Oh yeah, it's your birthday. Forgot it was your birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remembered like like a quarter way through, halfway through. Yeah. But yeah, shouts to Anna's birthday. It's a pretty sweet Thanks, birthday guys. party. So you're yeah. 26 today. I'm 26 today. Dang. Nice. Yeah. This is a great birthday party. Yeah, it feels nice. You Hell know? yeah. Yeah. Um, you're killing it at 26, man. I didn't have anything going on. I had, <laughs> I'm trying. I hadn't even really <laughs> picked up a brush at 26. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, hell yeah. So then another piece of advice that I have. Nice. Um, because I, I wrote a lot of things down. I have yeah. points of things I want to say. Yeah, about. thanks for coming prepared also. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of part of my personality. Uh-huh. <laughs> just try to be <laughs> planned out for things. Um, a lot of people ask me, because like I am 26, I'm still 
quote unquote young. It's just like, how do you, how do you get a style mm. is a really big question that I think we all struggle with as artists. Yeah. I've heard you guys talk about it on your podcast. Yeah. That, yeah. that question is all over the place uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. There's so much uh, controversy around it too. And when, when people see people ripping other people's styles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think getting a style is just keep your head down. Yeah. Do your work. Like if you're spending even an hour a day looking at other artists being like, how do I get a style like that? That's an hour a day that you could be in your studio. Making your style. Fuck yeah. And I think that I have kind of this whole style and brand figured out by 26 Mm -hmm. because like I've been focused on this my entire life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just didn't figure it out that early. And that's fine. Right. Yeah. But I'm a strong believer in the whole idea of 10,000 hours to mastery. Mm-hmm. So if you've decided that art is what you want to do, just sit down and do it. And like oh, yeah. put in the practice and put in the time. Yeah. And eventually, like if your passion is there, if you're trying your hardest, mm-hmm. people will start to notice. Yeah. Yep. Your authentic self will start to come out. Exactly. And if I, your work's not authentic, then people aren't going to care. I, or like you'll have a short-lived career. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like personally, I guess I had an advantage when I first started because I wasn't familiar with all the artists I look up to now mm-hmm. for like the first year. Mm-hmm. And not saying that you can necessarily develop a style in a year or less, yeah. but like there was something that I was just like already doing in a way. Like I was making the drawings and, and, and ink illustrations before that. Yeah. So that like, I think there's some advantage to like distancing yourself from social media. There's a huge advantage to distancing a little bit. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't um, been posting lately either just, and it well, feels fucking great. Or yeah. just post and don't surf, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep yeah, putting post, your shit out there. Stick and move. Don't stick fucking, and move. Yeah. Don't, don't dig around on Instagram. Dick around on your canvas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's great advice. So I think I had a lot of time to develop my style because I went to art school. And mm-hmm. like if you're considering pursuing education, like if you're a much younger artist, if you're in high school, if you're considering going back to school, if this is what you want to do, go to art school. Like mm-hmm. having that privilege and opportunity to get a bachelor of fine arts gave me four years of highly concentrated time. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was an adult and I had a full-time job and was needing to pay rent and right. like be a life, like have a life at the same time, totally. the four years that it took me to figure out what a halftone pattern is yeah. would have been 10 or 11 years yeah. in real life. Mm-hmm. And I was able to figure that out because I pursued an education, but like, it's very okay if you don't know if you're willing to make that commitment yet. Mm -hmm. And if you're unsure, don't go to art school. It's a huge waste of money. Um, (laughs) But it's just kind of like figure out like where you are and what you're capable of and then Mm -hmm. put the work into that. Oh yeah, Um, totally. And then as far as like, if you are having to work a full-time job and move into an art career, Like when I went back from school, I had like a really long sit down with myself and thought a lot about like, how can I make money and do something that won't take away from my motivation Mm -hmm. once I get in front of a canvas? 
Um, and I like had a lot of experience in the food industry and waitressing back mm-hmm. when I was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I like to paint at night. Like I'm a huge night owl in the studio. That's when my best creative hours are. So, and I also really like to party. <laughs> so <laughs> like working in the food industry is like a little bit too social yeah. for when I think about my work ethic and when I work best and like what is healthy and best for me and my longevity as an artist. Um, so what I did for a long time is I did like babysitting and childcare. Yeah. Nice. Um, cause that was really, really nice to look for somewhere where I could make money and ease my way into being a full-time artist. Mm-hmm. Cause babysitting is one of those weird jobs where you can be like, Hey, I'm not showing up next week. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just kind of, if you're looking at being an artist, like what is a way of making money that you can go do and then return to your studio and make that your priority? Totally. Um, like if you want to work for another artist and be an assistant, are you going to be able to work towards their dreams and their goals and then still have and energy also, for your own? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah. It's a real good point. You'll learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Depends what you do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And but you are you going to be it? too tired to work mm. for your own career? That's true. You're working for someone else's. Damn. Yeah. So I think age has a bit to do with that too, probably. Yeah. yeah. True. Like I couldn't go be someone's apprentice right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm damn near 35. Like <laughs> it'd be fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to do it, you probably should. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. I guess we'll wrap that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you have any? Let me see your list. Any important stuff? Yeah. Yeah. This is so much good info. Yeah. Because I don't want to cut you off either. Um. No, transitioning to full time artist may have been my important last note. Nice. Cool. Hit them all. Yeah, I think so. There's nothing else on there. No, I'm gonna check. I consulted the Instagram before this. Instagram oh, nice. people, uh, what they have to say. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Maybe we should start doing that on the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. Ask for questions. Being like, for hey, we guests. got so and so coming on the podcast. Speaking uh, of which, during this dead air, we should just mention we have an RTAF Facebook group. Yeah. Lots of good discussions. It's called RTAF pod squad yeah it's a group so you gotta join yeah we have to we have to accept you we do we accept everyone yeah you you have to write a two-page application um let us know how you like (laughs) (laughs) tell us how you're gonna help us yeah Yeah. but anyway Uh, yeah well someone says what keeps you driven which i think is a good okay that's all three of us damn that's like god whoa that's a lot yeah death would you like to start john oh sorry i just jumped ahead (laughs) It's a big jump ahead. Hopefully that's like several decades ahead. Well, yeah, but I mean, just the the realization that this all ends at some point. Mm -hmm. Look, you seem motivated. Um, Yeah. No, driven. Driven. (laughs) Well, man, that's what keeps me driven. Well, I'm always just so curious as to what I can create. Okay. And whenever I create art 
it's a teacher for me. So I think of art as kind of like a guru, this holy teacher that keeps my life keeps getting better as I pursue art. It's this really cool place to check in and it brings me a lot of joy to make art. And it brings me a lot of joy to know that inspires, you know, I get messages all the time saying like I'm a huge inspiration to them. It makes me feel so awesome. And like, yeah, no, like I'm motivated because I'm just curious to see what I'm capable of. But then I'm also motivated to continually kind of like pour out these gifts to the world for all those like little Johns out there that like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Little Johns. <laughs> little Johns. <laughs> you know, like I want to get them psyched and I, yeah. and I want to inspire other people to find this path because, and I find more and more like art isn't the thing it's the connections that happen because of the art and the further i pursue art the more connection happens the more beautiful the world gets the more genuine and vulnerable um, communication can become with other people and i think it's like it feels in a way like it's medicine for me and for the world Mm -hmm. so that keeps me motivated it's like i want to keep finding like where does this go yeah just keeps getting more beautiful the story yeah 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 the narrative aspect something like that yeah just so is that then a combination of like achievement high like in what you can accomplish and Mm -hmm. then also curiosity of what more can you do yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah and i but i think ultimately it really is connection yeah um it really is connecting with other human beings okay. and sharing the light of creativity because it radically transforms everybody's life Yeah, who comes across it and practices it. That's and a much more eloquent way of what I was explaining when I said <laughs> that street art is cool because it's in the public. <laughs> <laughs> so what about Andrew? Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I'd like to retract my driven? flippant remark about death <laughs> earlier. I mean, also death. I mean, but that's that's kind of you know, I, my brain does this thing where it goes to the ultimate endpoint of of a lot of things, um, potential or otherwise, and so yeah, I mean, part of it is that this will all end someday, and the fact that it's a gift to be someone who can connect people and 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 start a conversation about what really matters in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we started the podcast too. It's because we know that art matters so much to us mm-hmm. that we want to eloquently put into words that will exist forever. Mm-hmm. Technically, I guess <laughs> yeah. that, uh, you know what it's about, what, why we do this. Uh, and I think being grateful keeps me driven Mm. Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'm not to be completely honest some days i know we were talking about this earlier john like some days you just wake up and you're like Mm -hmm. i didn't fall asleep till four last night it's 12 30 right now i have 10 text messages from people asking me you know why the podcast isn't Mm -hmm. complete or 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 whatever you know it's not john um but like it's just, it's a sense of responsibility too after a certain point, mm, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it is still, I, now I'm just like rambling 
but uh it is still like this this noble identity i think yeah you know and it it gives you more of a purpose Mm, yeah and i think purpose is what makes anything worth doing exactly you know and it's not and it's not just and i want to clarify it's not just this like I'm wearing sunglasses indoors kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it really is. And I'll just echo what John says and what yeah. you've said already that it's about connecting with people. And at first I thought it was like this, this thing about being antisocial and like, but now I break the ice by having this image here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's become so much more than that. Yeah. It's so much more than just a self-serving thing where like I don't have to initiate the conversation. The art does it for itself and it it, it can spark conversation without even my self being there. Yeah. You know, throwing mm-hmm. out little conversation bombs into the world. And so I think that's what keeps me driven. Okay. <laughs> so then like thinking about that and like what you said about inspiring other people. I know that when I talk to a lot of older or mid-career artists, they talk about like creating a legacy. Mm. What does that mean? Is a question that I ask myself very often. I don't know. Like, I don't. I think it's a bit of a red herring to the. That's like an old school idea, isn't it? Legacy. No, people are still way about that. Like, yeah, but we're here now. Something. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm gonna be. I think (laughs) legacy depends on, to take it to a philosophical level, depends on the idea that um, there's some sort of semblance of your self, which I happen to believe is an illusion, Mm -hmm. uh, that lives on past your physical death. Mm -hmm. Mm. But I think that that's like false from first premises. But it's even like like what I said about the meaning of art. Like if I have a legacy... Like, I'm not concerned about how long my art lives after me or anything. Right, right. Yeah. But it's like, it'll keep doing the same thing whether I'm here or not. Right. So, like, what it means to me now, that's what it just means forever. Like, okay. the mm. actual legacy part, I don't get hung up on it's at a all. different. Yeah. I think the legacy yeah. is in how it affects communities after you're gone. Not necessarily, like... Kilroy was here. Yeah. Kind of a thing. (laughs) Like, I think when I look at both of you guys, I think what's happening in Denver, even though I don't necessarily consider myself part of like visionary art, Mm. um, it seems that both of you guys are definitely a huge part of that and huge inspirations to people within that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important to Mm -hmm. where art goes from here in 2020. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a legacy within itself, right? To kind of do something different or push a community and a message. Well, my, like I said earlier, my um, sort of goal that's not been explicitly uh, expressed maybe until now is that I want to combine, you know, because we think in dualistic terms, right? Like the abstract and the visionary, like where do those meet and where, where do we like push it forward? And I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I was making this very eloquent hand gesture that you guys can't see. So, uh, well, yeah, I guess you know that you mentioned it, like 
yeah, I guess that would be a cool, it would be cool to have a legacy of that. Like yeah. people, they'll be like, Hey, have you heard about this guy, John Speaker? Yeah. He was like this yeah. nice, friendly guy and he made this art that makes you feel happy. Oh, I want to yeah. do that too. Or like this, this group cool of people in Colorado are doing this thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. like to see like, Oh, this, like the, this weird amorphous group of artists all lived here and they were yeah. all nice to each other and made cool art. And I like, like that part of it. Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. cool. Yeah. That's one thing I've been trying to think about a lot. It's mm. just like moving forward. It's cause making art in itself, it can be pretty selfish, you know, speaking oh, of achievement high, um, or just making art is just like spitting out your own ego and like hoping the world appreciates <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but then it's also just, where does it go from there? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you inspiring? Or at least like for me, what I thought about a lot is, I've had so many amazing opportunities and connections in my life that are one-on-one connections with different teachers mm-hmm. um, beyond just Dread, who I apprenticed, like people before that, like my high school teacher and um, different mentors that I had throughout. And it's, I would love to do that for another artist one mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it's about touching lives. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think you necessarily have to have that intention because the effect is is more important oh definitely you know what i mean yeah like even if you're someone who's like i'm just selfishly doing this and that's what it's all about but it like you have to look at your effects at some point and maybe make a you know philosophical or ontological change about why Mm -hmm. it is you're doing what you're doing yeah exactly it's like do you keep on you know, I just got to the point where it's like I I can say no to some jobs mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I've raised my prices and I, I'm busy. Like I right. have demand. Right. So I can send jobs to my friends. Mm-hmm. And like, that feels so good yeah, to like yeah, finally yeah, be awesome. an active part of a group. Mm-hmm. Um, You're raising us all up in a way. Yeah. So point. it's just like when you move forward, do you just keep being a machine and churning out artwork or how do you act as part of something greater than mm-hmm. what you create mm-hmm. yeah totally. is one thing i've tried been trying to think about a lot oh yeah like I how think, do you participate i think that's a great idea to spread like yeah. is that your answer to what what keeps you driven or did you give um, it no i, I didn't, get to, <laughs> we that. didn't get to that yeah. um what keeps me driven um beyond just going back to this is my relationship with myself mm-hmm. um what keeps me driven is like inspiring other people. Um, And I think it is really interesting, especially as me being a female in kind of this wave where street art is trending for Mm. sure. Yeah. Um, And eventually the bubble that it is will pop Uh and then I'll go make a painting again and that'll be nice. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I'm definitely driven to continue writing that for a long time and continue, especially being, or at least trying to be like, I want to be a large female street artist on the map. I think that's really important, especially because when I first started doing it, I could name maybe like 10, 20 street artists yeah. that are girls that are really killing it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important in this day and age to 
try to go out there and inspire other people and tell them that yeah. they can do it. Validate, yes. Validating that for those, yeah. for those yeah. young girls out there that want to do it too. You're like, yeah, yeah. you fucking it, do this shit. It's okay. You mm-hmm. can take this and you can take the risks and there's something out there for you in it and possibilities mm-hmm. are endless. Um, and then what else keeps me driven? I guess maybe once I tasted being a full-time artist, mm-hmm. uh, there's no going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's some badass shit, man. It's fucking yeah. squirrely and strange, but it's also like, feels cool. It's, it's really like difficult it, and it's know? really scary, but especially doing things like once you start taking on commission work, it's not like a commission painting that you can take a year to do if you really want to. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're working at a business, you, you have to take a week to do it. But that then means that after a week of working straight, you could take a week of vacation. Yeah. Like yeah. I just went to Costa Rica for two weeks and it was mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, I was like traveling internationally in January. I mm-hmm. spent a large portion of this year travel, kicking it yeah, out, nice. outside of the country. Nice. And I think that that's just a really important thing to strive for is your time is the most valuable thing that you have. Yeah. You only get to be you now once. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of a bummer to like have your life be like this guy who is the CEO <laughs> saying, I have to be in this room at this time and I have to sit at this meeting for two hours. Yeah. It's like when you can take control of your own life. Yeah. And that's what also keeps me driven is like not only realizing that, to everyone out there, you can be an artist and you can be a freelancer and you can be self-employed. Right. And it is possible to make that happen. But with that, like you can like take your time and you can get paid doing what you love. And sometimes it's hard work. Like we said, right. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just got to show up. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. But that means that taking your time, which is of your highest value you spend that time doing whatever you want. Right. And most of the time, like we're lucky where what we want, we've turned that into our job, mm-hmm. but then you can go and just live a life. And I think once I've realized that, like I, I can never imagine working for someone else. Yeah. Totally. And that's what keeps me driven is I want to do every day waking up and being like, do I go to my studio today? Yeah. yeah. 90% of the time. Yes. Yeah. 10% of the time. Yeah. Maybe not. Do whatever else. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a degree oh, yeah. of freedom. Yeah. 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 And that's really special. And oh, I, yeah. I won't Absolutely. give that up for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I put freedom over freedom of time over over money. Yeah. Every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And um, I just wanted to mention quick how we talking about like selfishness and like uh-huh. ego fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know, like no matter what you're doing, like Ramdas was teaching the path of the heart. Mm-hmm. It's a selfish act. I mean, he loves to find love in himself and to share that, right? Yeah. So it's like to not feel shame in being selfishly motivated or having an ego, but it's like, how do you direct it? You know? Yeah. Like I took like Randall Roberts workshop back in the day. And like one of the first things he said was like, you know, you could have woke up and robbed and murdered people but you chose <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you chose to make art right? Right, right yeah and either of those would fulfill your selfish ego desire but if you channel it towards like art you know we don't have to be ashamed that it's self like it is ego fulfilling yeah but it is this like flowering gift 
too. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I feel, Just, I feel like selfishness is a pretty manipulated concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you can definitely do positive things like you were saying mm-hmm. and still be like, well, this is for me. But then if you're like building yourself up, uh, you're going to have a, positive ripples in the world yeah yeah you're gonna have effects in the world that couldn't have happened had you not taken those extra two hours to sleep in or whatever it is yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean or quit your job to be an artist or, you know. yeah exactly like when we're saying that art is your relationship with yourself yeah yeah that in itself is pretty self-motivated <laughs> yeah. to just be like Hyper. hey i only care about the one thing in this world that like has given me the experience of infinite love, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, which is art, and that's painting. Yeah, huh. and if you're mm-hmm. going to motivate all of your time to that, like art is this amazing thing because then it spreads mm-hmm. right. into inspiration for other people. Yeah, or like a piece of brightness in a community that hasn't had that before, or even just like a small piece like next to the couch in someone's home that makes right. them smile every day. Brightening the world, and that's really really amazing that we've chosen to all do something mm-hmm. that like brings us happiness and then it absolutely radiates right far beyond what we do within ourselves yeah it's a pretty cool gig yeah i think it's cool like you know it's it's cool to like say what we do is cool you know yeah like that can feel weird right it feels really weird i just felt really weird saying that into the microphone (laughs) but like like yeah but it's i think it's cool for anybody that like if you're doing something you love it's cool to like take a step back and look at yourself and be like man that's cool that you're doing that yeah right. like it's cool that you're integrating with the world in a creative or loving way mm-hmm. yeah and like you know give yourself some props every once in a while you know yeah, like, yeah exactly so it's, it's okay <laughs> yeah and it's okay to express that and just like to people out there it's like if you want to be an artist and have this like self-employed good time it is really hard but it's worth it like mm-hmm. sometimes i look back and like it's my birthday today and when i look back at my whole year of being 25 the only bad parts were my injury and like some other medical things that happened to people I love. Mm-hmm. And both of those were entirely out of my control. Yeah. And that's because I've spent the time to design this life. Mm-hmm. That's, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to just kind of go for it in that way oh, yeah. and be like, this is the thing that seems awesome. And like it is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. And it's like you know, it's hard. It's hard to make a living as an artist, but you know, what's harder is living a life. Is un- living unfulfilled. for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, that's or, brutal. Like we're yeah. living a life halfway or something. Yeah, yeah. Go for yeah, it. You know, it. you're capable of amazing things if you yeah. just give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess maybe on a closing note, that's my advice to other people out there. Is just. <laughs> literally just fucking do it yeah yeah Yeah, like design the life you want Mm -hmm. and if you want it that bad and if it's what you love like you will continue loving it oh yeah and that work eventually will have a benefit and Mm -hmm. you'll definitely go through waves like this isn't to override how much risk it'll take or how hard it will be or how much you will have to sacrifice Mm because i've definitely sacrificed like my work-life balance, like yeah. relationships with friends, relationships in general, like mm-hmm. the amount of entertainment I have in my life or experiences I have. It's difficult. It's not easy. Um, like you put yourself in harder financial situations, not having a salary or insurance is really weird and hard to manage. Yeah. But 
it's worth it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. And w- with the focus being, being creative yeah. is like, yeah, those tough things are going to come up. But when you're focused on creativity, everything that comes up that might be painful, you need to learn how to creatively integrate with it and mm-hmm. learn and grow. Totally. And it starts just, you know, permeating every aspect of your life. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we're all going to hurt. So yeah. Might as well I'm hurt just, in the, on your own terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, and so hopefully we can all continue riding the waves that I know that we're all currently on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm super excited for what you guys are doing, like moving into scaling up and bigger work. Oh, yeah. Um, we're psyched to see what you do, too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, awesome, it's fun having cool friends doing cool things. And yeah. Uh, good luck to all you out there, too. Make some cool shit, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know you will. Hell yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, just uh maybe give us where people can find you kind of thing. Ooh. Um, Your website, Instagram. Yeah, where people can find me. Just come say hi. Um, like I said, <laughs> yeah. the worst thing that can happen is that someone won't respond. Yeah. And yeah. it may take me a few weeks, but like I'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um so check out my website. I'm redoing it this month. Um, nice that's exciting it's a big this is a big deal in my life it's mm-hmm. been like two years um painful yeah it's <laughs> these are the hard parts where we say it feels like work mm-hmm. right is yeah. there's the website that's one thing that i wish someone had told me before i left college is that there's so much more to being an artist than just painting oh yeah, yeah. you're like running a business and we talk about that a lot, you're the I hr think. department yeah and- <laughs> like <shit>. so <laughs> much of being an artist is getting up and answering your emails and yeah. answering your dms Ooh, yeah. it's a bitch like going to gallery openings yeah. and yeah. networking yeah um, like sending applications that's mm-hmm. how i got the podcast is we saw each other at new conscious and yeah. it's like Let's do this. Yeah, and like I don't go to gallery openings that often, so these kinds of things they opportunity work out very well. awaits. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those things are difficult, but um, so I'm redoing my website. Um, it's everything that I do is just Anna Charney Art A N N A C H A R N E Y Art dot com, <laughs> and then my Instagram's the same thing. Um, come say hi. Like I'm usually pretty public on Instagram. If I'm doing an outdoor wall, Mm. I definitely encourage people to come hang out. Like if you're an artist that's interested, let's have a conversation. I'm super happy to communicate with you. Um, yeah. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Finder. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. much. It's been great. This was my first podcast ever. (laughs) You did great. You killed it. A lot of value. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go show her some love. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We are signing off. Thank you all for listening. We love you. Peace. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of RCAF Podcast. For additional images and notes on this episode, you can check out our website, rcafpodcast.com. And you can find me, Andrew Norris, at andrew.norris.arts on Instagram. And andrewnorrisarts.com is my website. I also have links on my website to episodes as well as all my best paintings. 
And you can find me, John Speaker. My website is johnspeaker.com. On Instagram, I'm at John Speaker, and on Facebook, John Speaker Art. And we want to give a special thanks to Blair Speaker, John's lovely wife and creative director of the podcast. She also updates the website and does all the podcast notes. So thank you, Blair. And we'd also like to thank Tyler Billman. He created the music for this podcast. You can find Tyler on SoundCloud and Instagram. His name is Get Billsman. That's G E T B I L L S M A N. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>